I am Lemuel Gonzalez, Repentant Sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's Painless Sunday School lesson, Without Works. Today we're going to look at the new Speaker of the House and his opinions in Not Necessarily the Good News, and Lemuel will look into the woman who started it all in Pillars of Wisdom. the House, Republican Mike Johnson, expressed his point of view this way. I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious. People are curious. What does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. This is problematic for many reasons. There are many biblical translations accepted by many parts of the church. Speaker Johnson is a Protestant and beyond that a Baptist. There are 57 Baptists currently serving in the House of Representatives, the second largest Christian denomination represented, the largest being the Catholic Church with 122 members. When a speaker says to us that the Bible is his opinion, what does it mean? And why is it important to us? So here's the thing. Uh-huh. Forget about, I mean, we're going to talk about translations and right. what, the Bible, in any translation, has different thoughts about any subject depending on what page you're looking at mm-hmm. in that particular Bible. To say the Bible is my worldview just tells me that you've never read the Bible before. You might have read like six verses and been like, yep, that's for me. That's what it is. It just seems... It seems as vapid as Sarah Palin not being able to name a news publication she read. She all, read. Of all of them. Every and, one of them. And Donald Trump's favorite book is either Old Testament or New Testament, or he likes them both equally. It's that kind of nonsense. It's just, you clearly don't have a deep right. knowledge of what the heck you're talking about. When a person, I mean, I started with the idea of which Bible are you talking about? Because as we've discussed before, it can go into... Yeah, go into a bookstore. There's 50 right. versions of this thing. And so you're saying the Bible, and it's written by all these different authors, and it's edited over time. So what translation are you looking at? Yeah, Old Testament, a, New Testament. A Bible that includes the Apocrypha? Are you talking about a Bible that, for instance, for the African Orthodox Church, has so many more books than the rest of Are you talking about the all the stuff in red that Jesus said and right. nothing else? Because that's... That'd be my version of <laughs> the Bible that I'm looking at. my version but of the like, Bible now. Yeah, it's nonsensical. It's a nonsensical thing to say. Especially if you think you're talking to other Christians. Mm-hmm. Other Christians should also see that as a nonsensical thing. Although, I would wager that a fair amount of them, especially fundamentalists, would be like, yeah, me too. Which also, nonsensical. So do you think this is like a kind of virtue signaling that he's trying to do? He's trying to say, I believe in the Bible, and that seems to, it, which is, again, saying I believe in a set of encyclopedias. I do because not. Because there's a wide range of th- opinions expressed. I think, okay, so it depends on how we define virtue signaling. If, what I think is virtue signaling is Donald Trump holding a Bible right. up. Like he's ever Clumsily. opened that thing <laughs> in his life. That's his virtue burning. signaling. I think this man believes himself to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. What I don't think is that this man... I think this man was probably raised in a... 
from what I've heard him speak about on other personal topics in his life, the type of denomination or um, community that doesn't, there's no such thing as sex education. There's no such thing as any kind of teaching about evolution or science at all. Like, this man doesn't seem to be in any way what I would consider worldly. Think the Duggars, that sort of situation, where it's like, you are separated from this whole situation. Now, he is in the legislative, the largest legislative body in our country, but he was elected to be Speaker of the House, having never written a law in his 12 years in this in the in the body mm-hmm. never written a law never co-sponsored a law he's done no legislating in his entire legislative career and so that's the kind of person we're talking about we're talking about a man who is getting paid $125,000 a year to do nothing and to say nothing mm. and because he does nothing and says nothing he was the least objectionable person to go into this <laughs> this position in this clown car of a of a house of representatives that we currently have right now i'm not a person who's like government am i right although these days government am i right but like the house of representatives is a mess they have been a mess since the GOP got their majority. And starting in January, they're going to be a bigger mess because Kevin McCarthy has decided, you know what? If I can't be in charge, I'm going to go. So they're down another member. So mm-hmm. their margin is like two. They aren't passing laws. They're just approving impeachment procedure, procedures with no evidence. They're not serious about doing anything for the American people. And this man is sort of chiefly unserious. And he's unserious in all manners of things if the kind of responses that he's going to say about what are your points of view on legislation is please see bible right so i said originally well which bible and Mm -hmm. then from there what parts of the bible are you talking about because you can't just sort of say that it regardless of what people are trying to tell us it's not a cohesive whole no there is a multiplicity of uh, opinions expressed in the Bible. I find it odd that uh, Jimmy Carter, yep. President Carter, um, was also from the same denomination. Yeah, but he's a critical thinker. Right, so it's not... A... I think it might be time, too. I think that these groups, uh-huh. as as culture melds in like as america melds in together into one thing Mm -hmm. these groups are removing themselves further and further from that society that they don't want to be a part of right and cutting away things that would tie them to that society including things like basic education i think that's a newer i think that's newer i think there were people that homeschooled forever but i think that in the last 30 years, it has increased exponentially in some of these communities. I think his whole family is um, homeschooled. That, which is a danger because that means it leaves the education in the hands of people who are going to force a particular worldview on mm-hmm. you. 
And that's also true of teachers uh, in public schools. However, the thing is that instead of blocking your child's uh, ability to learn about things, this is how you as a parent participate in your child's education. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had issues with uh, my child's teachers for quite a long time, and I had to advocate for them because they were diagnosed with autism, and I had to advocate for them and get into these sort of, at times, pitched battles with teachers. But there were teachers who understood my child. There were teachers who um, didn't and seemed to find what they were doing in affront to their, their education program. But that was part of my job as a parent uh, to be there advocating for my child and learning what they learned and looking at their home. And that's where you are active with your child. As you pointed out uh, just before we started recording, monitoring their pornography intake. Yeah. Which... Uh, he, he On a panel in some interview that he was doing, he being Mike Johnson, the man mm-hmm. we were talking about, talked about the... It's a it's like a nanny program that you put on your computer to flag certain sites and block certain sites. Mm-hmm. And the way that it works is you have a person to whom you're beholden. They get reports on your weekly internet use, and they get flagged immediately if you're on a site that is uh, pornographic or otherwise objectionable. Mm-hmm. And his sort of, his buddy is his son, which means they monitor each other's porn consumption, which, A, I think is weird, but it's none of my business. B, don't tell me that. I don't, nobody needs to Mm. know that. What they need to know is what your actual worldview is. What they don't need to know is that you monitor and your son monitors your porn consumption. I'm thinking that it might be that being a Southern Baptist or evangelical is a thing to claim, even though you have no actual... And I don't want to question necessarily anybody's commitment to their faith. However, when your actions don't carry through this uh, faith that you're professing, then it does call me to question it. I, Like I said, I don't think that he is performing Christianity mm-hmm. for the public. I think he's performing Christianity for himself. I right. think he believes but that he's he is a true it, believer. Yeah. And again, looking at the difference between the fact that he's in the same congregation technically as someone like Jimmy Carter who's out who was out building uh houses for homeless people yeah, and, like very recently. And having a, a Sunday school lesson, he was actually in a church teaching uh a, a Bible lessons. I think that when you see the difference between how one person interprets the Bible and another, you could Say, when you go, the Bible is my opinion, right. it's like, no, because your opinion can be expressed in any number of different ways. One person obviously took it one way, and it seems like in his case it is. I am doing this because, to me, the Bible is uh, finding a way to control my family members and control what they're doing, and then extending that control to the world at large, as if we're all his disobedient children. And I think there's a lot of that attitude coming out in yeah. the way he represents himself. I'm on his website right now. Mike is a dedicated husband and father of four and an attorney who has devoted his life and career to fighting for the fundamental freedoms and traditional values that have always been a priority to the people of Louisiana. And I would like to say right now, fundamental freedoms and traditional values are mutually exclusive. Mm. (laughs) You can't fight for traditional values 
and believe that everybody has fundamental freedoms. You have your, your the traditional values dictate mm-hmm. what the freedoms are allowed to be, and then you push those on people. That's not you can't you can't do both. Right. Those are if you think that you're doing both, you are lying to yourself, or you don't understand what words are. Like it's one of those I think two that things. As for him to say, just look in the Bible, that seems to be a very careless thing for a lawyer to say. They're usually a little more precise than that, although you and I have met a few that have not been quite so competent. But then the larger question becomes, now that he has this very specific point of view about what the Bible says, which is misreading it entirely and misunderstanding it, but now that he has that, he's carrying that forward into legislation, right? Although, like I said, never authored a bill, mm-hmm. never co-sponsored a bill. So all, what he has the power to do now is bring bills to the floor for for vote, which Kevin McCarthy never did, mm-hmm. did not just refuse to do. And my assumption here, and it's been true so far, is that he is going to continue to do that. They are not, like I said, the GOP, the Republican Party in the United States is not interested in governing the United States. They're not. They're interested in making $125,000 a year and doing nothing. Because doing nothing keeps the status quo that they like. But they do realize that things are going to change. And I've often wanted to ask one of them, however, not enough to actually talk to someone. <laughs> yeah. That's the issue is that I don't want to become embroiled in some sort of argument that will then go down any number of rabbit holes. And, and I don't want to paint every Republican with the same brush. There are some people who have gone so far down the rabbit hole they have nasty things to say about Tom Hanks. And there are others who... I, I'm going to say that if you are still calling yourself a Republican, okay. we can go ahead and group you in. There, It's been eight years now uh-huh. of growing insanity, and really since 2008. Mm-hmm. But if you see where the Republican Party is with something like 78%, right. fixing the vote for Donald Trump right. into the as their nominee. So you think that it's just, it's... If you are still calling yourself a Republican, you have, you have, if you do not believe these things, you believe that these things are fine and you are willing to align with them. So, yes. Mm. I, you can say, I was a Republican. You can say, I am an independent. A lot of people are becoming independent, Democrats and Republicans, because the the Democratic Party right now is the Republican Party, and the Republican Party is the fascist party. Yeah, I, so we, we don't have any right. kind of progressive anything. So a lot of progressives are leaving the Democratic Party. A lot of reasonable Republicans are leaving the Republican Party. It's the... I can understand the idea about um, a finance or fiscal conservative, right? It's the cultural conservatives I don't understand. Yeah, and, and they're this, not fiscally conservative anymore because they're willing to give billions and billions of dollars to the right. military. And, uh, you know, in fiscal conservatism, that's well, that all that they mm-hmm. still believe there is we don't want to help poor people. But, like, that, that's, mm-hmm. where, that's where fiscal conservatism in actual legislation lands. They're still giving disgusting amounts of money to our military for no reason except that it pays back into companies that they have stock in. Um, 
So they're not fiscally conservative, except they want to turn off any safety net programs that we have in this country. Uh, so it's switched entirely to mm -hmm. culture war. I'm using very and heavy is, air quotes. Right. Culture war, it offends me on many levels. Yeah. The first of which is that, as we've discussed before, my ancestry goes way back to indigenous people here. So when I hear about the battle for the soul of America, it's like, no, there was an America here before. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with a group of Europeans that brought their religion and diseases and everything else here. Um, well, I would argue that the progressive side, like the, mm -hmm. the leftist, not liberal, the leftist side of the culture wars, once again, heavy, right. heavy quotes on that, want to return, like, they're for land yes. reclamation. Like, and, they and believe that. That's, but listening to people going on about how we're losing our American culture, it's like, well, your American oh, culture... Oh, that's the other side. Right. Yeah, you're, no, your American culture, they want to be slave you're, owners. Right. That's, that's your what... Your American culture is very recent compared to the amount of time mm -hmm. spent by people here before you. Yeah, but they think that right. the Civil War was the original loss of American culture. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really palpate that right. that's what they that's where they want to get back to they'll be okay if we get back to the 50s but they want to go back to 1853 or something it, it like that it also seems that they're fine with people of color as long as they're in a certain place doing certain occupations yeah it's almost like they want slaves or something right. it's very and, and there's still this sort of distrust and they know their place right yeah. And which is a problem that I've had my entire life, frankly, is my insistence on no, I, I have to, I'm going to find my own place, and people react poorly to that. So, what I'd like to say is, judging from that point of view, from the point of view of a man who claims that his his he's going to lawmaking, right? Yeah. According to his own belief system, his opinions based on the Bible, what what would Jesus say? Being that we're taking it from this point of view. Uh, in the end, Jesus would say this. When Pilate asked Jesus if he was a king because he was going to be crucified as a king, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. This is one of the several times that he repudiates yeah. any kind of earthly He's authority. He's the original sort of separation between church right. and state thing. That's the other thing. Everybody who wants God uh -huh. to be in our classrooms are also... Um, constitutionalists and i'm like you know it says <laughs> right. like in there clearly and without any kind of right exactly obfuscation there should be a separation between church the, and state the kind of things that jesus constantly supported which were the poor the downtrodden he had an absolute contempt for the rich those values are not being expressed so the separation of church and state is a construct that probably was instituted by Jesus Christ. There might be others who have the same opinion, but at least in our Western world. So maybe Speaker Johnson's Bible doesn't include this verse. And now, in honor of the season, we try to understand a little more about the woman central to the Christian church.
At the center of this mystery, in the midst of this wonderment of faith, stands Mary. As the loving mother of the Redeemer, she was the first to experience it. She was the first to experience it. To the wonderment of nature, you bore your creator. Pope John Paul II, Redemptoris Mater. She is designated with the title Theokotos in the Eastern Christian Church, the God-bearer. The Immaculate Conception in the Roman Church, where she is also referred to as the Queen of Heaven, Our Lady, and the Star of the Sea. There are few more important persons in the Christian world than Mary. For a person who changed the world, we don't know very much about her. She was betrothed to Joseph, a carpenter, perhaps a good deal older than her, and may have even been a widower with children from his first marriage. We also know that she had a maternal aunt, Elizabeth, a devout, much older woman, who also brought a miraculous child into the world. Mary receives a visitation. She was informed that she, among all women of the world, was chosen to bring God into the world, and she chose to receive that. She accepted it. With her consent, she brings the child into the world. I'm sorry, you don't want me to talk yet, but I'm going to talk. She was a child and thus could not give consent. She was 14 years old. She was younger than that. um, But she, well, 13 or 14 years old. Mm -hmm. We're not exactly sure. Um, And she gave consent to carry out the process of bringing the child into the world. I promise you that a 13-year-old child, even then, did not know what she was signing up for. Well, it was interesting. Okay, we'll discuss that. The rest of that story becomes her son's story, his mission and sacrifice. But she remains in the background. She urges him to spare a newly married couple the embarrassment of running out of wine at the wedding feast. She was present at the crucifixion. Jesus tells her that John, the youngest disciple, was to act in his place as her son. In the years after this, she drops away from focus. She begins reappearing in illustrations and catacombs at the beginning of the second century. She's given some of the titles mentioned earlier. Some of the titles were borrowed from earlier goddesses. Some of the depictions of her as well. A woman with a baby. A woman weeping for her murdered son. There are no canonical stories for her after she is part of the miraculous gathering on the day of Pentecost. But that story implies that she was a leader in the early church. Her death is never described, but her assumption, her body being taken and tacked into heaven, is a doctrine in much of the high church. Ancient peoples come across to us as ciphers, and most of the biblical people that we meet are shadowy figures with unexplained motives. We don't understand Judas Iscariot and can only guess why he did what he did. A person like Joseph the Carpenter comes across as decent and kind, but he's painted in such quick, efficient strokes, there's no color or detail. Something similar with Mary. Now am I allowed to say that she was too young? You think she was too young? Uh, Well, I am not a Christian, Mm -hmm. so I don't think it was immaculate conception. That Mm -hmm. is a specific to Christian thing. Discussing Um, it today. Well, not specifically to Christian, also to Islam. They 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 see her as a virgin birth. Yeah, I am not averse generally to the idea of immaculate conception, Mm -hmm. but until I see one and one is proven, I do not believe in it. I am agnostic that way. There are animals who can impregnate themselves and give birth without Mm -hmm. the introduction of an opposite sex situation. Also amoeba. But I don't think Mary was an amoeba. That would be um, reductive, although I would argue that the entirety of her presence in the actual texts of 
Christianity mm-hmm. is also reductive. It's reductive. Her entire presence is reductive. How do you mean? We don't know anything. We don't hear about her. Because Jesus basically goes from born to a grown man, mm-hmm. she doesn't really exist except in, hey, this is her story. We promise she got pregnant by mm-hmm. God. It wasn't somebody else other than Joseph. I will say, Joseph also gets short shrift in the Bible. Because that man, regardless of anything else, continued his uh, planned marriage with a girl who was pregnant, but not by him. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether that's God or not, that's a big thing to go ahead and agree to because you know that people in that community did not think, all of them did not think that she was immaculately... Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure that a great many of them didn't believe this at all. No. Right. They're like me. Something happened to her. Whether it was on purpose or against her will, mm-hmm. she was impregnated. Whatever, whatever that looks like. I'm going to argue that regardless of whether it was God or man, she was not old enough to consent. Especially not if it was God and they said and and God said, "Hey, you're going to bear my child." No child, and she was a child, is going to mm-hmm. be like. Cool, sign me up. That's not, mm -mm. no, nobody's gonna do that. Okay. Nobody's gonna do that. No, it's your That is so much pressure. A 13 year old child is not gonna be like, yep, this is fine. And be. And we're only guessing that she was 13 or 14. Compass meant. We don't know for certain. That's. No, we don't know anything about her. The. I just think she gets short shrift, and also we are putting... Like, she is simultaneously basically sainted and also totally ignored. It's very weird. She's venerated inside of the high church. In as much as you can venerate a woman Uh when you don't think women are equal in any way. She's venerated in the high church. She is not in the Protestant church by and large. Or not but the high church still church. won't let women be priests. In some branches of it, they do. I mean, that's already been the Episcopalians do, right. but the Catholic Church the does not. The Methodists do. There's, there's, there's other uh, yes, and the Catholic Church, being the largest body of Christianity, does not. And so I would most, argue you can't venerate they a are woman. The most Mary worshiping people, as a matter of fact, that's a yeah. Know, that that is that mm-hmm. is virtue signaling. Remember when we talked about virtue signaling before? That is virtue signaling. We put this woman on the highest possible pedestal. All the other women, no. Nope. Mm. No, you cannot speak about God. It creates an issue. And because the thing is that everything everything that we did in the church um, has an effect that doesn't seem to be accounted for. Uh, when the Protestant Church split away from the Catholic Church, mostly so that popes did not have the power to make and dictate rules for individual countries. Right. Although it, for it, the same reason that the Church of England exists. Right. Because somebody went, I don't want you to tell me what to do. Right. And in the case of the Church of England, it was... It, we don't need to get there. into yeah, it. We can get into it at another time. Right. It is a... It's its, a its own thing. Horrible thing, too. I, I think that Mary is is a revered figure 
and I, as I was talking about how everything has unintended consequence, I was having a, a conversation with a friend today who, also being non-Christian, did not understand going to an altar, kneeling, and having a man put communion, or put the wafer in your mouth. Right. And then a lot of places, they, right. it's a hand thing, um, which just and seems it just, cleaner. It, she thought it just felt very kind of controlling, mm-hmm. and it felt very as if you're subjugating, you're kneeling and allowing this person to put this in your Also, mouth. there's like a, like I'm supposed, it's almost like a maternal thing. Because mm-hmm. when was the last time somebody put something in your mouth? Right. You know? And and I tried to, I was describing to her that the first uh because she didn't understand what communion really was. And I'm like, well, it's it's an extension of Passover. And whereas in Passover, everyone's shot up afraid of God because he's going out smiting the Egyptians. Smite, smite, smite. In this one, our belief is God is sitting there having food with us inside the house. Jesus is going to go be executed. He knows that he's going to be executed. He breaks bread. He gives one to one side of the table uh, part of his bread. He gives it to the other. And they tear off the piece that they want, and tell I me mean, tells them, this is "In my doing body. this, right, you're committing to the cause that we're having." And so it's a weird metaphor, though. It is a weird metaphor, <laughs> and I think that something got lost in translation at some yeah, point. Yeah, because we've talked about it. It's mm, it's a very strange metaphor. It's it's vampiric. Like well, it is no, a I very think, strange yes, metaphor. No, I understand that that's pre. Right. This is that what is a pre concept, but from. still. It's the idea that he was the lamb for Passover, the one whose blood gets shed to protect you from God's blood. He's making this parallel. So um, the thing is that when we see, when we over-ritualize things to the extent to where now, instead of you willingly take this piece of bread and you're accepting it, right? You're part of like the conspiracy to change the world for good. Um, you're now, now it's sort a of dry wafer that a priest puts on your tongue. Literally sticks his fingers in your mouth. And that's <laughs> just, that? It's kind nope. of frightening. I mean, obviously, I mm-hmm. cannot take communion. I mean, I I guess I could, mm-hmm. but I, I would not do that. Because there's not like, you don't have to swear on a Bible that you're Catholic <laughs> before right. you take communion. You can just go up and do it. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I think it's funny because you can buy them in Costco now. Just little things oh, of God, juice with so a wafer. <laughs> And the priest, I guess, just waves his hand over the box, and I don't know. Well, <laughs> anyway, we're getting so, away from but the, the idea. Is that an unintended consequence of Mary being venerated is that it really gave an idea for motherhood that is tied in with virginity and purity. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to me, but also disastrous in terms of a larger culture. Yeah, because guess what? How, That's not how motherhood happens. Right. Well, in this case, I will argue, not argue, because I'm not going For to argue. For 99.99999 right. yes, and I could literally sit here forever and say nine. They did not have It doesn't work of, that way. You know, I don't child. care how holy of a husband you have, right. there is an act that needs to take place to have a child. The... And again, using terms like the father and the son also kind of confuses it because we've come to this point where we're worshiping the symbols rather than the the actual events is what I'm feeling. I remember going to uh, the Legion of Honor and we're seeing pictures of the Madonna and child. 
And there was one that just horrified me because there's Mary, who at this point, because they were based on European models, looks like a, you know, yeah this Tudor age woman with her hair peeled all the way back to the top of her head who looks at least 50. And she's sitting there and there's a, a rays from heaven and a little baby skating down on these rays into her room. I know. What? And I'm looking at this going, oh, good God, no wonder people <laughs> see this is why, yes, people are like, you believe in a man in the sky. Because, right. because there's a picture on right. the wall of um, a man in the clouds. Right. And the Sistine Chapel, one of the most in one right. of the most revered sacred places on the planet, has a man in the clouds. But like that is People want to say, well, we don't believe in that. And it's like, well, all your imagery would uh, counterindicate that. I will point out this is for, uh, it was for a a mostly illiterate um, following at the time, right? So people needed to see the pictures and then, you know, the priest or somebody would translate the pictures for you and that was your lesson. And so being very literal at some point, people needed that. But I also took them closer to images of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Or something, right? Yeah. Whereas when we see the images, uh, even from the book of Revelations, it's mentioning this God whose hair is snowy white, whose skin is dark as bronze, or when we see God himself, he's red. Mm. It's like, wait, what does that mean? And he's not anthropomorphized at all. It's just this red light. And so you're going, yeah. whoa. And of yeah, course, we've, think... we've had a discussion about angels too. Well, they're, yeah, they're terrifying. <laughs> but I also think that the 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 literalization mm-hmm. of stuff that was clearly not meant to be literal, like man is created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. I don't think it means because every person looks different. They don't mean no, we no, no, look no. like God. We, I presume it is a soul. We have basis, free will also, but it is not. You know, it is yeah. not. This is the physical form that God takes. Like that's. No, no. A wild presumption. And that was the way that I mean, people would still bring that up when I was a kid, taking Sunday school classes. You know, the, it was odd how many strange... And maybe it's the phrase, image of on. God. Right. We're also talking about translation to translation mm-hmm. to translation to translation. We've talked before about love. Mm-hmm. There's so many words for love in Greek, and, and English pulls it down to one. And so you lose a lot of context when you go from six different iterations of a thing to one word that covers it all. It gets confusing. Yeah. Yes. Meanings get twisted. Image is probably another way the context is removed. Yeah. Any context or clarity is removed. So there's this weird amorphous, well, it must mean the way that we look. Well, no, that's not necessarily what it means. When I think about Mary, I we see her in glimpses along Jesus' mission. We don't get to really know that much about Jesus either, which is talking about people getting a short shift. I think that the person that we know the most about, really, if we're going to uh, look at the New Testament, for instance, we know the most about Paul, because Paul was so tirelessly self-promoting. Um. And so as a result, his he winds up getting the central importance that he shouldn't have. I think that Mary is the most important person next to Jesus, frankly. Well, maybe even more important 
Because without her, he doesn't exist. Well, but also without his sacrifice. I understand, but he wouldn't even be able to sacrifice if he didn't exist. The first first important thing that happened is her accepting. Again, we can debate about this. As we, can, I mean, it doesn't. Adults. Realistically, this mm. is this comes down to straight up belief. It was two thousand some years ago. We don't know. Right. We don't know. But I cannot believe. Well, <laughs> so I, I wish can. you luck in your belief. But yeah, I think that just she needs to, uh, and, and it's interesting. Also, one of the reasons why I use the Pope, the quote from Pope John Paul II to open this is that um, it's interesting to see how she's venerated in one church and sort of demeaned almost in another. They, the Protestant church, the, the for instance, you were quoting the Baptists, do not see her as a particularly important person. And in their, is, their issues with the Catholic church, they actually don't talk about Mary all that much. But their art still depicts her, though. Their art still depicts her, but in a very... Um, they're deliberately trying to avoid... Or is that, that one of those things where she is small and he is big? <laughs> things like that. Well, the Protestant church really began after a sort of a modern age of art. That's true. That so is true. So when you see their depictions, it's generally they're going to be a lot more depictions of Christ rather than Mary. But I think that she she winds up still from the glimpses that we get of her. She's a very interesting person. Mm-hmm. I wish we got more of her. That's right. the other thing. And again, like, if you're going to say that she's so important... Right. Remember this other thing. The Bible that we have now was edited together mm. from the remaining text. That's why St. Paul winds up, or Paul does, why he winds up becoming so important, because all of his texts were, were kept and preserved. And so his opinions, unfortunately, have lived well beyond his years. You can't see me, but I've rolled my eyes all the way back into my head. <laughs> right. So the thing is that those uh, documents, the earliest of them, can be authenticated to within about 30 years of the events depicted in the, the beginning of the New Testament. On the other hand, we haven't found all the documents that could exist. There could be another book by Mary. There could be a book about Mary. There could have already been a book about Mary, and then when when King James was like, right. "Hey, <laughs> make it for me," then I it don't got know. That, I see. I don't whiffed. know that it'll fall into the whole kind of that's like Dan Brown territory, where you're just making up random stories to cover this and that. Arguably, there might be a book about Mary out there. Is exactly the same thing as what no, I just no, but said. What I mean is that I don't know that. It was because I believe that there's enough differing opinions in the church that somebody would have held on to it or come forward with it. And maybe in the future we'll find something. But this woman who starts out in her life accepting this mission, um, she winds up becoming really interesting to me because the glimpses that we see of her later, she's very much a mom. Right. And she's, she's yeah. She wasn't know. just like I'll be a vessel and then peace out. No, no. That's, she's she, uh, Joseph. Apparently, we presume we get three sentences or whatever. No, no, no. Joseph, we get points. a couple of stories of her. Like she, she is. You know, we start with her accepting her mission. Then we get the whole nativity story, which is really where she is front and center. Yeah. Right. And then there's these. We jump to when Jesus is about thirteen years old, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and he's taken to the temple, Jerusalem to worship the temple, and 
her and Joseph can't find him, and then Joseph disappears completely. But he's gone. Right. So he probably passed away, which is why some people think he was much older. And, and because realistically, if she was pregnant before she was married, mm-hmm. it, he should, and also was going to be married at that young of an age, right. she wasn't marrying somebody who was also 13. No. She was marrying somebody who could provide for her, which means he was her father's age or older. Which possibly was. Do we know anything about her family? Uh, we don't, like beyond the, the fact family that she that has... She was, is, oh, wait, her... Like, her mom and dad. We know that no. her aunt gave birth to, and you, you alluded it, but yeah, mm-hmm. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. But other than that, yeah, we, we don't know anything about her family. Ooh. Well, we, we give, we're given lineages in the Bible, but I mean, still yeah, begat, 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 yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> go on begatting uh, for quite some time. Uh, but the... Uh, the after that, where she's she appears when Jesus is run away to go to the temple and start questioning the priests as to you know why are you doing this wrong? Well, maybe maybe not. It's very funny though. I like that story. And then we see her again at the the wedding, uh, where yeah, the water into right, wine, turned the water into wine, and she's the one egging him. You know, whatever he says, go go and do that. And she is using. It's like. She knows what he is, but she's kind of using it to her advantage. Like, I'm going to make sure these people you know, don't suffer the humiliation on their special day. And Jesus is like, what, what is this about? I'm not here for your benefit. <laughs> and then... That's the other thing is, it, it makes me tired uh, as a woman that what we know, all we know about her is in relation to a man. And I understand... That man may or may not be God, but still, she was presumably her own person. Right. But we don't know anything about that. We know her as mother, mourner. And person who doesn't like people to get embarrassed. I think that's what you got in the middle of that. That's mother. Right. That's a a mom thing. That's got to be a mom thing, or she's extraordinarily vain, which I can't believe is the case, but it's a mom thing. Yeah, I think that's... She's become this figure to where, um, in some cultures, particularly like in the Catholic cultures, you see her making, like she's appearing to people in place of God. Right, but that's holy. Right. But she's, uh, like, the, 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 we talked about the assumption, or I mentioned it earlier, which is the idea that she goes into heaven bodily. Her body gets taken to heaven. When you say the idea that... Where does that come from? That comes from Catholic teaching, and it's also part of... <laughs> but Catholic teaching, because of what? Because somebody just decided to start saying that one day. That doesn't come from any text. No, it doesn't come from any text, no. So it's we don't made know. up The last entirely. that we have of her is that she was at the day of Pentecost leading the early church, helping lead the early church. Yeah, these... These so, from Catholic teachings you just... Know, but yes, that's but some the, dubious What we nonsense. know, though, is that there are some who think that she was present at the resurrection. Um, it does mention the it's woman prob- who first coming. To me, it mm-hmm. seems probable that she was present at the resurrection because I believe she would still be there mourning. Right. But. And she was, uh, so she was present at the crucifixions. It, it makes, there's some debate whether or not she was actually one of the Marys named because it goes like Mary and the That's other Mary. That's the thing. There's so there's right. It's, it's there's a very too many Marys, day. and it's gotten no better. There are so many Marys, in the and world. so many sister Marys. 
So then, Mary something. <laughs> right. And then she's at the day of Pentecost. She's one of the people who's, you know, gathered in this upper room and they all get the, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And so that's really the last that we hear of her. But we know that she stayed with it and that she went on and became a leader. Right. Which is which, true because the women were running the early church anyway. Right. That's, and that's so how that, that I think happened. that's why I say that there might be something we might find um, at some point her role in the church and then we can when we do that and we can authenticate it we can then diminish the role of paul <laughs> who was the i would i would if, really, if I, there's text right the vatican has it and they're never going to tell I us about it that, because then we will have to have more respect for women and they are uninterested i in think that. that and i'll say this is that the the issue is with the differences between uh, the missions they feel in the Catholic Church, between men and women. They have individual missions, uh, and they're not equal, right? Right. And that's the complaint. So that, 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 and that, that's a valid complaint, is that they're, they're not allowed to administer, or administer to people the same way. They're that, like the, the paralegals of the Church. They can do everything but <laughs> right. the most important thing. Which is a, a fair comparison. Which is, yes. Now, mind you, that might change. As you know, I think it, it, might, change, it might change. But we, also, it's just been this morning. I, I, have, I, this morning, woke up, stumbled out of bed, wiped my eyes, and then heard a story on the news about the Pope allowing for the blessing of same sex unions. This is a step, it's not what, as much as needs to happen. But the fact that I never thought in my lifetime I would see this. I never thought in my lifetime I would see a black president. That was always science fiction. But it was in the future. A right? step in hundreds slash right. thousands there of years. There are people actively trying to modernize this church. And it might lead to another schism. But it, at the same Let's time... Let's do it. Let's schism all over the place. <laughs> I'm for so many schisms. <laughs> you could just call me schism. I'll get a schism tattooed on my body. But, all right, so, should I go to the summation? Mm -hmm. All right, so, Mary is in the faith the most important person who ever lived. She is a distant example of perfection in some branch of the church. The best way to see her, maybe, that we can both agree on is a young woman who bore a child, mourning that grown child's death, and carrying him in her heart for the rest of her life. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Before we wrap up, this episode is coming out on Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. and I would like everyone, if you are celebrating Christmas or have just celebrated Hanukkah, I want you to remember that Jesus was a Palestinian Jew, and Bethlehem is being bombed right now as we speak. Mm -hmm. There are 20,000 dead Palestinians. 70% of those are women and children. 8,000 are still under the rubble. The bombing is not stopping. Israel is committing heinous war crimes literally every day. So before you give your gifts and open your stockings, take a minute to think about if Jesus Christ was on this earth right now, if, Je if the nativity was happening right now, mm -hmm. he would die in a NICU. That's what we're at. But it's true. Well, I think that when I was a kid growing up in a evangelical church they were very pro-zionist mm -hmm. that was the only position to take and so we would always be told 
to pray for the peace of Israel. I think that what that did, though, was create a sort of a, a double thing in my mind. That now that I've outgrown that kind of faith and moved into something deeper that's much more meaningful to me, and I think much truer to what Jesus actually teaches, is to say that pray for peace, period. It's not about the the uh, country. It's not about supporting people with whom you have a tie from the book that goes back thousands of years. I think the thing is that the actions of the Israeli government right now are horribly wrong. This is, again, not in any way condoning the actions of other people. No, it's not about... Right, it's not about that. It's about the fact that now there are, are huge and horrible casualties. Yeah. That and it's not going to stop. The Israelis are shooting their own hostages who are waving yes. white flags. It's not about anything but committing genocide. That's what they're doing today. The only peace in the Middle East is the complete dissolution of the Zionist settler colonial project, period. Am I calling mm. for the death of a single Jew? I am not. No. I am calling for the dissolution of a political structure. Guess what? I call for the dissolution of this settler colonial project that we live in as well. <laughs> do I think that every American should die? No, I do not. I like the fact that when we started this, we've all turned a little more radical. And I oh, think yeah. It's, it's I'm a, really, I never thought that as a 40-some-year-old white woman I would be an abolitionist. Yeah. I am for the abolishment of so many things yeah. at this point. No, and, and I think that it really was the uh, the Trump presidency that really kind of made, took a direction, we took a direction also as people. It pushed things that right. a lot of people already knew mm -hmm. into the forefront of everybody. And, and things like this were going on before, but the absolute lack of value for human life. It's also... Social media. Right. We now see what's happening. Oh, yes. I remember when I was We're a not just getting that, the New York Times headline and uh, then presuming that that's just what it is. I remember as a kid thinking that, uh, why are so many African-American people killed by the police? Well, they must be doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. They must be... If and only they just follow the, their directions. Right. And then when fine. I saw it, it's, it reminds me of Job in the book of Job at the end. It says, I've heard of you before with the hearing of my ears, but now my eyes have seen you. And it's like, oh, my God. That man was shot in the back. Oh, my God. And it really put in context experiences I was having where, where I thought, why are they? Why am I constantly being followed by the police? Oh, no, it's just what they're taught to do. And mm -hmm. I think that any kind of hate gets out of control and feeds itself. When I read about the, the death of these, uh, these hostages, these Israeli hostages, yep. who had stripped to their waist so that they weren't carrying you can, bombs. You, they weren't carrying anything. Carrying explosive devices on their body, they're waving a white flag, they're begging for their lives in Hebrew, and someone from the IDF mm -hmm. a few someones, yeah. terrorist, and they just start shooting they them. They open fire, they kill two of them immediately, and then chased a third one, one down. down. And, it's, and then if you tell right. me, if, if I hear from the Israeli government anymore that this is about getting hostages back, it's not about getting hostages. When it's you getting land. literally take bulldozers to a tent, t like a tent, like a group of tents outside of a hospital mm -hmm. full of patients and refugees, 
and just literally bulldoze over them, right. you're not defending no. anything. It's yeah, it's gotten perverse, yep. and it's it's been perverse, but but Jesus was a Palestinian Jew. He was both of those things. And as I said, if the nativity yeah. took place right now, Mary would get a C-section with no anesthesia, and Jesus would die. Mm. That's what There's would happen, a, because that a, is what's happening to Palestinian babies right now. You sent me a link to a, a church where... Do you na- yes, it? their nativity is a, a baby on a pile of rubble. Yeah, and that's... It's horrible to think about. But I, if we don't think about it, we won't do anything about it. I know. It. It's horrible to think about, and I'm not complaining about that. Okay. I'm saying it's horrible to think about how how we haven't come anywhere. Jesus was born in an occupied country. Mm-hmm. He was born uh, slightly better off than some of his companions, but then wound up living in poverty when his father, his human father, dies. Um he winds up trying to raise his family by himself, and he doesn't actually leave home until he's probably about 30 years old because he has to raise, uh, take care of his wife mm-hmm. and possibly raise, again, the dispute is whether it was Mary's children after him or whether it was Joseph's children from um, a previous marriage. That's neither here nor there, but the idea that the kind of conditions he lived under with this sort of... Uh, the religious conflicts between the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, the Roman occupation where people were just sort of killed, uh, chosen, you know, and and killed for their political leanings. And all of that, that kind of parochial small-mindedness is still what's causing the problems of the world today. My group, I get to survive. You don't get to survive. No, I get to survive. I want your resources. Because it's a pie. Because people are looking at everything as a, mm-hmm. if I don't if you have it I don't have it instead of if you if you have stuff and we all share then mm-hmm. everybody will have stuff which is an idea that was furthered by Jesus what a concept let's let him live yeah. alright and with that that brings us to the end of this week's episode um, I hope you do have a good Christmas yes I hope you spend some time thinking about what that means. Uh, If you like this episode or any other episode, please share Mm -hmm. it with a friend uh, and maybe leave us a review and subscribe because I forget to publicize everything. We have an internet home without workspodcast.com. Our show notes and links to stories we talk about can be found there. All of our social links are also on the website. So if you want to reach out, go there for all of that information. I've been Amity. He's been Lemuel. And we urge you to go out and do something good.